Is it wrong to judge one another? Good morning and thank you once again for joining us. As a reminder, past lessons, contact information, and service times can be found at benchurchofchrist.org. Have you ever been quoted Matthew 7, 1, Judge not that you be not judged? Interestingly enough, I have, and oftentimes it is someone judging me for passing judgment on someone else. Consider for just a moment this morning where we would be if there was no judgment. Well, it would actually look very similar to the world we live in today, where there is no such thing as wrong. If it feels good, do it, regardless of the impact it might have on your life or the lives of others. Riots, looting were tolerated because people were upset, and this was their way of expressing themselves. Being under the influence of a a drug or a chemical is an excuse for not being held responsible for actions. Consider this. I know a young lady that recently announced she was going to have a baby. She also disclosed that she didn't know for sure who the father is, but had narrowed it down to four to maybe six individuals. In the world of don't judge, we would have no choice but to smile, accept, and move on in such instances. In raising children or educating children, how would we teach them right from wrong as this is just a judgment call on the part of the parents or the educators? What does the Bible teach about judging? First, let's go to Webster's. The New World Dictionary describes it as a legal decision, an order, a decree, or sentence given by a judge or law court. Now, there are a number of biblical applications as well regarding conduct along this concept of judgment. We can also consider the following, the ability to come to opinion about things, the power of comparing and deciding Other words we might use are discernment or sometimes having good sense. In Matthew chapter 7, we'll read the following, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye, or in our language, the beam that is in your own eye, the two before, when your brother has a speck in theirs. How wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull the mote, the speck, out of thine eye, and behold, a beam, a board, is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. We need to understand that Jesus is not saying you should not tell your brother that he has a speck in his eye. What he is saying that we should first examine our own situation, our own lives, to be sure it does not contain a plank, a bigger issue. The word hypocrite is used, rightfully so, in the last part of our passage that we read. And if you find a plank in your own eye, obviously you can help someone remove the speck out of theirs if you could see more clearly by having the board removed from your eye. We talked about the Bible recently, and here the language is so powerful and so vivid, very easy to understand. 
He may not like hearing that he has a speck in his eye, but he certainly will be more receptive if he sees that you have taken care of business on your end. Of course, speck and plank are figurative as we, as we understand here. The problem is the plank. While your brother only has a tiny speck, you're acting as though you don't have a problem whatsoever. Where it is that you have a bigger problem than your brother does, and your brother judges and recognizes this as well. Christ was not simply saying you are in no position to judge your brother, but what he was saying is that you need to have your life in order, you need to have your life corrected before you really start considering taking care of the problems in everyone else's life. You need to correct things in your life, then correct those in others. It demands righteous judgment. This is a phrase used in John chapter 7, same place that we're talking about in John's account. Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. We have an example of this. Paul writing to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth had some issues. We read in chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. What was it? It is common knowledge that there is sexual immorality among the church. And such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife details. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he had done this deed might be taken away from among you. For verily as absent in the body, but present in the spirit have judged. I have judged already as though I were present concerning him that had done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. He's wrong. He has done wrong, and you have done wrong in handling this issue. Righteous judgment. Just a few verses later, he wrote, starting in verse number 9, I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for ye must needs go out into the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, for such a one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves that wicked person. An exclamation point of there is wickedness among you. Don't worry about those on the outside. You have enough issues on the inside. What a reflection back to Matthew chapter 7 of taking care of the issues of your own before you worry about the issues of, of someone else. We certainly see from the first few verses of this chapter that the Corinthians were treating a brother who was guilty of fornication as though they were not doing anything wrong whatsoever. Maybe they were mistakenly thinking that they were not supposed to be judging. 
but they should have judged this individual as not only being in danger, but also a danger to them as well. And because of this twofold danger, they were not to have any relations, any anything to do with this brother who was guilty of this overt sin and would not turn. We read in Matthew chapter 18, If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. There's a, there's a lesson for us. If someone has done something wrong to you, go to them first and tell them the fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. If he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. The steps there, go to him first. If that doesn't work, take a couple of witnesses with you, showing care and concern to be sure that everything can be established of how the matter is being dealt with. If that is ignored, take it to the church, more people. If that is ignored, basically remove him, count him as a heathen. Jesus gives three steps of withdrawing from those who have sinned against us. Go to that individual privately, take others with you, and then tell it to the church. And if step one works, you don't need to go farther. You have gained your brother. In Galatians chapter 6, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Relate that back to Matthew chapter 7. Restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Again, the responsibility we have of restoring such a one, but also the responsibility that we have of considering ourself and that inventory of self. This concept of judging also can come from a positive perspective. In Philippians chapter 3, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye, for ye have us for an example. Not only mark those that cause divisions and cause problems, but also make a positive judgment and mark those which should be followed for an example. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, Be ye followers of me, even as also I am of Christ. Also in Matthew chapter 7, we're told, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine. We have to make a judgment call of the dogs and a judgment call or of the swine. This just a few verses later where he said, judge not, that you be not judged. I believe there is something that we can add to review. We know people's actions. When someone crosses the line, righteous judgment, fornication. This is wrong. You committed the act. You are wrong in doing so. Righteous judgment. Save a soul from death. Hide a multitude of sins. But there is one thing that we humans do, that we like to do, that is most dangerous, that is related to judging, and that is intent. Not just noting what was done, but jumping to the why it was done. 
This is in, in the part that causes us the most challenge. When something happens, especially painful, we want to know why it happened. If someone says something that hurts our feelings, a wrong was committed, yes, we're told how to deal with that. We just went through that. But typically, we don't do that. We start talking about them rather than to them when we jump to why this was done. We make a judgment call on the intent. And friends, that is a huge leap beyond righteous judgment. Judging is the act, the process of seeing something, hearing something, reading something, calculating, reckoning, comparing, evaluating all of those those words uh, that we, we, we talked about earlier, evidence to reach and determine a decision, a conclusion. It's one of the most commonly occurring acts in life. In a wide variety of situations, we perform this, this, perform this process many times. We do it so frequently, we, we seldom even think about how often we have to make judgment calls. We must judge. We have to judge, but we first must judge self and approach our brother as in such an effort to help, not hurt, hurt, to avoid jumping to the intent of why they did so. The Bible warns us about judgment, but its lesson that it teaches us is that our judgment should be righteous judgment and first considering the issues that are in our life so that we can be that example to follow before we start trying to correct others. Thank you so very much for joining us once again uh, this week. We look forward to visiting with you again next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very pleasant good day.